Hello, I am Sandra Ezekwesili, and you come to me for hard facts. The world keeps turning, and you're trying to keep up. The fight against coronavirus has the option. But there's so much noise drowning out the news. Talking heads, broadcast messages, press releases. They're telling you their side, but you just want the facts. And that's why you come to me. I give you the statistics without spin. Out of 116 million working age Nigerians, 35.5 million are employed full-time. That's 30%. I give you the context. I give you the history. I fight fake news with facts. Kayo Day. Let me talk. No, I will let you talk. Kayo Day. Coyote, I will let you talk if you let me talk. Coyote. That's why more and more Lagosians are tuning in. Half a million Lagosians. 720,000. 970,000. Over 1 million Lagosians. They know that if you give me your afternoon, I will give you hard facts. I am Sandra Ezekwesili, and these are your hard facts. Hello, Lagos. Good afternoon. I am Sandra Ezekwesili, and these are your hard facts. Eid Mubarak uh, to you and yours. Wishing you a wonderful day. Every single one of you who's a Muslim who's listening, please send me my ram. Thank you very much. (laughs) Second hard fact of the day from 2027, professional bodies will no longer receive funding from the federal government. That's according to a report from The Punch. The punch is saying that uh, it has seen letters from the federal government to different professional bodies telling them that the Presidential Committee on Salaries has taken that decision. And this seems to be in line with the federal government's decision to cut down spending on subsidies. Now, when I say professional bodies, I mean groups like um, Teachers Registration Council of Nigeria, Nigeria uh, Press Council, uh, Pharmacist Council of Nigeria, Medical and Dental Council of Nigeria, uh, all those kind of groups. You get the picture. All these groups currently receive funding from the federal government. They use it to pay their principal officers, run their secretariats, even subsidize membership dues. So on the one hand, some Nigerians feel that these groups need the subsidy from government. But on the other hand, you have other Nigerians who feel like government cannot afford it anymore. So there are pros and cons, and I'm... Shaw will be talking about these pros and cons a lot in the coming days and weeks and months and years. One million Lagosians listen to this show. They cannot be wrong. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I've got a great show for you, starting with the big three. Let's talk about the EU's report on the 2023 general elections. Then let's talk about the World Bank's advice on mitigants for subsidy removal. And then let's talk about the new 1,000 Naira annual car ownership certificate. On today's glass ceiling, let's talk about um, the unnecessary pressure to have sons over daughters. On Balogun and Broad, let's talk about the CBN's managed float of the Naira. 
On today's Step Down, we'll talk a bit more about that situation between Deborah Yakubu's family and Omega Power Ministry. We started having that conversation yesterday. I'll hear more of your thoughts on that subject today. Expect news, business and sports at the top of the hour every hour. But let's get started with today's Big Three, Lagos. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili and these are your hard facts. Hard facts. On 99.3, Nigeria Info. of the general election accurate. Could Tinubu have put mitigants in place before announcing subsidy is gone? Should car owners have to pay yearly to have proof of ownership? Those are your big three, Lagos. Let's talk. The European Union has published its official report on our general elections. That's our first story. The EU's election observation mission painted a very bleak picture of the polls. It's a very long report, almost 100 pages. We're going to go into it in detail next week. But today, let's talk about the highlights. The report points out discrepancies in INEX procedure from the pre- uh, for the presidential elections. The report says, quote, on 25 February, voting was critically delayed by the late arrival of sensitive materials. And during the early stages of the collation, presidential result forms from polling units were not displayed in real time on the IREV as promised by INEC and anticipated by all stakeholders. A critical failure in the entire election process manifested at collation stage on 25 February due to widespread disorganization, a lack of adherence to prescribed procedures and an unsuitable environment. By the time of the declaration of a presidential result, one quarter of results forms were still missing from the IREV and a significant percentage of the forms uploaded on IREV often needed for comparison with manual results were not legible, end quote. Now, Lagos, remember that under the electoral guidelines published by INEC, a result cannot be announced officially unless it matches the result published on IREV. So there's a question around whether INEC was legally empowered to announce presidential election results for those one quarter of polling units that were not on IREV at that point. Of course, that's one of the 
issues being argued at the presidential election petition tribunal. This report from the EU also claims that these discrepancies had a negative impact on public trust for the election results. Quote, the introduction of the bimodal voter accreditation system and the INEC results viewing portal was widely seen as an important step to ensure the integrity and credibility of the elections. In practice, multiple missteps and lack of transparency before the polls, compounded by severely delayed uh, display of presidential result forms, dashed the public trust in election technologies used. INEC failed to give a timely and comprehensive explanation for the failures on 25th February. Hence, the improved uh, online display of results uh, from the 18th March state elections. It just fueled further speculation about what exactly caused the delays about the presidential poll. End quote. Those are the words in the report of the European Observation Mission, the Election Observation Mission. Do you agree with this assessment of the public trust in INEC and the elections? The report also makes some recommendations, but um, before we touch those recommendations, I want to hear your opinion of this assessment. Did INEC erode public trust? Zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three zero one four six five seven one nine zero zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three zero one four six five seven one nine zero. First, they say that. Uh, the delay of critical materials and um, the failure of uh, elections, election results to be uploaded in real time caused quite the brouhaha on election day. We'll get to the recommendations in a bit, but let's talk about what you just heard. 99.3. Hello. Sandra. Thanks for calling. What's your name, sir? Uh, good afternoon. My name is Francis. Francis, welcome. Talk to me. I, I agree completely with the what European Union has said. Even day before yesterday, I was here on my own. I imagine, I said the Nigeria want to allow Ame to conduct the election that go to hold in Kongi and Imo is again and he, he put all the same problem again. I was sitting on my house. I was asking, I'm asking this question. Hmm. Even if I don't know my, no, see nobody now trust Ame again. I don't know Martin. That Mahmoud Zimoto will leave Zimoto arrest my legal office. Oh, sorry about that, Francis. Call me back if you can. Francis says, I was in my house thinking about this. 99.3? Yes, Sandra, good evening. Good evening. What's your name, sir? Yeah, Chica speaking. Chica, welcome. Talk to me. Yeah, that this general saying that says, i got to catch them. You see, I'm spending a huge money just spending on this and uh, this uh, so-called uh, divas. And after a, a whole process, you can never... Um, um, the, 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 the INEC because this is what they told us that the the, the divas stands to to declare whatever that remains to be truth. But it is unfortunate that after the whole thing, we are still on on on, on speaking for that particular trust we they told us from the beginning. Mm. I think um, 
it is it is uncalled for. It is not good to the judge is big enough to be to be in this dancing. We are still dancing anyway. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much for calling us. I'll take one more call and then I'll tell you what the EU recommends. 99.3. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, sir. What's your name? This is Michael calling from Lecky. Michael from Lecky. Talk to me. I listened to first talk. You said it's totally hard to defend the issue. How come they upload the, the House of Rev and the Senate and yet they cannot upload the, the presidential? We lose hope on them. Just like they've, uh, they, what the first call has said now. Mm. We don't trust them conducting this medicine by us and the image that is coming up again. At, at least, Mamou should be behind bars now. Because it is because of what the medicine Mamou did. That's what, that's what the other man, um, uh, man did. That is what gave the man the guts to do this medicine. So now, we don't know what they're going to do again now. We don't have trust on them anymore. Any All right. They're All right, Michael. Thank you for calling. Now, this report from the European Union's uh, election observation mission uh, suggests solutions to these problems that they highlighted. It has a total of 23 recommendations for INEC, but it lists six as key recommendations. Number one. Revise election laws and regulations to remove ambiguities and conflicting interpretations. They suggest that INEC should set up an inclusive process for this. Number two, set up a new process for selecting INEC recs and commissioners. They say that this process should be inclusive and accountable to the public. Number three, results should be uploaded only in real time and only from the polling unit and collation should be done openly and transparently with collation forms uploaded as well. All these uploads should be in a format that is easy to re-download from the database. Number four, there should be quicker and more serious investigation of attacks on media practitioners. That's because, according to the European Union, there was a lot of suppression of the media by government and government actors and government supporters. Number five. Get more serious about women's representation by putting in place special measures and educating and sensitizing the public. Number six, stronger enforcement of electoral rules and better investigation and punishment of electoral crimes. These are the six key recommendations from the election observation mission of the European Union. What do you think about these recommendations? Zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three zero one four six five seven one nine zero. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon, sir. Sandra. Good afternoon, sir. What's your name? Is Muhammad. Anya Wangozege. Gozikwagi. Is that the merchant man? Merchant man, welcome. Talk to me. Yeah, thank you. As long as I'm concerned, Inek and the head of the umpire has lost the confidence Nigeria had in them. In all the grammar they just spoke, the European Union people, I think they should have said something like, if the umpire or the tribunal 
does not conclude the issues in the court that nobody should have been sworn in. So that by the time the issues in court we are sorted out, anybody who assumes that position will not have any reason to be afraid of anything or for distractions because why you uh, try to either announce your ministers or the cabinet you want to work with. Somehow, some people will be thinking that the people you are bringing out as a list or people you want to work out to, to, to work with, what of if at the end of the day, the tribunal decides otherwise? What happens to all those things you have done in the, in the last few days as a president? So to me, there is an adage in Igbo that says, meaning that the weevil and the land are in combination eating the yam, the tuber of yam. So the European Union and whatever they call themselves, most of the times they are the problem we have as the imperialists who watch and see things that happen the way it happens. So my submission is the empire has lost its credibility in the eyes of the Nigerians because I don't think the amount of vigor and interest Nigerians had in the last election, I don't think nobody will preach to Nigerians again to come out a mass to vote again because Nigerians came out with passion based on the promises that we are giving to them that it will be transparent and which amount of money was spent on this election. At the end of the day, it is story, 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 Sandra. It is unfortunate. All right. Now, of course, um, I, I'm very curious about what you think think about recommendation number two. Recommendation number two, set up a new process for selecting INEC recs and commissioners. They say that this process should be inclusive and accountable to the public. When we were covering the elections, if you remember, on the mandate, um, we talked about how we talked a lot about how recs, commissioners and the INEC chair are selected. Returning officers, too. We talked a lot about how these people are, are selected. I remember that my guest, Chief Andy Oboforibo, talked about the American system where each of the major parties chooses an equal number of, of electoral officers or electoral officials. Because the Americans just assume that almost nobody holy pass, nobody be saint. So instead of leaving it to the president, who is obviously partisan, to magically find non-partisan people, what the Americans do is they say, okay, because we know, say, nobody holy pass, everybody, or yeah, all the political parties, choose your own person. All political parties choose an equal number of people who will um, uh, um, be um, on the boards, be uh, recs, be commissioners, be the chairman of INEC. Choose an equal number. So that Ojuro go cancel Ojuro. Everybody go check and balance everybody. Do you think that we could do something similar in Nigeria? Could something similar work in Nigeria? And then recommendations number three and number six are really both speaking to INEC um, and asking INEC to follow its own rules. Enforcement, compliance. And we talked about that a lot on the mandate as well. It's one thing to have these very beautiful rules. It's another thing for all stakeholders to obey them and for the umpire to enforce them. But... <laughs> 
what happens if people who work for the umpire breaks the rules? Because you had people on election day, during the gubernatorial elections here in Lagos at least, saying on camera, no upload of results, no upload on camera. Waiting to give us a mind to do that kind of thing on camera. And the results out of that polling unit was still valid. How do you create a system where even if INEC itself mess up, it can be held accountable in real time during the election itself? Is that even possible? Is it possible to hold INEC accountable? Make INEC hold itself accountable even during the elections in real time? Is it possible? 0700-993-993-993-01465-7190. Hello. Thank you very much for calling us. Hello, Sandra. How are you doing? What's your name, ma'am? Uh, my name is Amaka. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Amaka. Talk to me. Welcome. That's my sister. Um, uh, you see what the hero says? What they, they find out, what they find out, they wrote report they gave up. My right. sister, when you look at that report, you will, not see, you will see that that report is, is exactly what that is in that electoral, electoral amendment that mm. they've already just amended. Right. Most of those things are inside there. Right. You see this, our country, Nigeria, that is why they called us African monkeys. We don't abide on any rule. And my lawyer says that. You see how they how they they, they are dragging a mefele all around now, mm. and they saw they saw this uh, INEC INEC man who did this type of evil thing he did, and they've never been able to put him above the uh, 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 under the bar since that time. Since this thing has been happening, everybody know what they did in this election, the manipulation they did there, and everyone is cheating on it. They are dragging like a missile all around. But the, 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 an evil person like that, I need chairman. They left him. They left him. Eh? My sister, you see this election, eh? They are the one that came, and the radio station telling us we should come out, we should come out, come out and vote that things are better, that things will go well, that there is nothing like ringing of election, and everybody came out in mass and, mm. and voted. Voted their consciences. But see what happened on it now. It's an interesting thing. We'll take a break. When we come back from this break, let's talk about INEC's response because INEC has responded to the EU. Lagos, I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. This is Hard Facts. Don't go away. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili, and INEC has responded to the report from the European Union. Festus Okoye, its National Commissioner for Information and Voter Education, said, quote, If you look at those challenges, you must also look at the context of the elections. Also, the environment, which was surrounded by one insecurity in so many parts of the country. Nobody can dispute that. Secondly, there were also issues targeted at some of our staff and other Nigerians. You have to also look at the issues of fuel scarcity during that particular period and the issue of the Naira redesign and 
also that we had significant challenges with transporters. So those are some of the issues we're going to look at. One of the lessons that we must learn is that we must have faith in our democratic institutions. Is it every time that we have a challenge with a particular section of the constitution that we now run to the National Assembly to amend the law? There has to be some level of fidelity. That is the only way we can progress. The other issue I want to outline is that democracy is not a 100-meter dash. As a people and a nation, we have to build our democratic institutions and our own democracy, end quote. So on behalf of INEC, Fessus Okoye's position is that we have to build our own democracy. What are your thoughts? He mentioned specific challenges, fuel scarcity, naira redesign, insecurity in some places, transportation, wahala. My first question, Lagos, is do these challenges explain the failure of INEC to upload the presidential election polling unit results in real time from Beavers to IREV as the guidelines specified and like they were able to do on the same day for the two National Assembly elections. And if not, what do you think about the fact that Okoye did not address that issue which the EU um, mission raised? Zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three. Like I said, we're going to go into this um, report in more detail in one of our big hard fact episodes next week. But right now, I want to hear from you about these um, recommendations. Do you agree or disagree with them? What do you think about the report's assessment of the failure of Beavers during the presidential elections? Do you agree with the assessment of the EU that that episode plus INEC's lack of clear explanation undermined their credibility among Nigerians? And very importantly, what do you think of Festus uh, Okoye's um, response? I've got Azu Frank on the line. Azu Frank, how are you? Welcome. Good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon. Yes, I can. Talk to me. All right. Yeah. Um, so the reports of INEC, the observers, which I believe, who sent them? That's one question. Who are they reporting to? I don't know if you can answer that question. Who sent them to report? And who are they reporting to? Who owns, who are they Who are they reporting this message to? Because I don't understand. Okay. Let me say a rhetorical question. Number one, we'll not send them more. Number two, all they are reporting, we know. We already know. We have an idea. We have, we do. We, it happened to us. They cannot be telling us what we know. That's what I'm asking who sent them. Who are they reporting? Are they reporting to themselves or to us? The Nigerians, we Nigerians or the Nigerian government? Because we are already fully aware of everything that happened. There's nothing new in it. Why are they wasting their own taxpayers' money? You know? And, you know, it sounds very funny. And if it is for their own people, it sounds funny again because... You send people to go and observe an election. They have not come out with the, with the reports or told you that look, this election is was went well. You have run and gone. The government of those of the people you send are congratulating. So it's fun that I'm asking who owns this report. If it's for the EU, the EU have congratulated and said, ah, it went well and let's go on. And now you are sending reports. So the questions again is who gets this report? Who send donor? Why now? That is one part. Then number two, first off, Sukoye. First off, he's doing what he's supposed to do. 
I understand he's a lawyer, he's speaking for the for the government. But the real question I have for him is he's not telling us uh, Naira scarcity, fuel and car, uh, insecurity, but you told us that you were ready. Who conducts an election where there's insecurity? Like you, your environment is not conducive and you're going ahead and fixing data and say, Oh, you are good to go. You said you were good to go. Look, too much talk talk, all these people. I think I'm done with this election. Well, happy Salah to my Muslim brothers. Take care, Sandra. Thank you, Azu Frank, for calling from Indonesia. 99.3, hello. Sorry about that. Call me back if you can. 99.3. Hello. Ah, hello, Madam Sandra. Thanks for calling, sir. What's your name? Yeah, good afternoon, Madam Sandra. Good afternoon, sir. So, all that have happened with this election. Can you turn your radio yeah. off? Yeah. Turn it off. We have, put behind, we have put behind us. So we have left everything with the, the tribunals. First of Okoye is serving the government. He is talking now. Very soon his work will finish. He will come to the town. Yes, he will come to the town and be start to send the reality. We all know what happened. We knew all that happened. Amur Kiyaku deliberately give election to whom he wants to, whom they told him. So there's no point. Observer said, yes, election was free. Fair. There was no perfect election. So why are they coming back now to tell what we all knew? So for the well, let's stop, 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 forget all this issue. So let's see who their own, do their own part. Let's wait what I see what they will say. All Thanks. right. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling. Now, the World Bank is predicting... That removing fuel subsidy without mitigants will drive 7 million more Nigerians into poverty. That's our second story. We heard this at the launch of the World Bank's latest Nigeria development update yesterday. Specifically on subsidy, the World Bank said, quote, In the immediate term, the removal of the petrol subsidy has caused an increase in prices, adversely affecting poor and economically insecure Nigerian households. Petrol prices appear to have almost tripled following the subsidy removal. The poor and economically insecure households who directly purchase and use petrol as well as those that those that indirectly consume petrol are adversely affected by the price increase among the poor and economically insecure 38% own a motorcycle and 23% own a generator that depends on petrol many more use petrol dependent transportation the poor and economically insecure households will face an equivalent income loss of 5700 naira per month and without compensation an additional 7.1 million people will be pushed into poverty, end quote. The long and short of what the World Bank is saying here is very simply, let be poor, breathe. Don't suffocate them. And I want to know your thoughts on the data they gave. 38% of poor Nigerians own an Okada. 23% own a generator. These people need these machines to survive. They're using the Okada for business, maybe. Maybe they're using the gen in their shop. So the rising petrol price just ate into their already small margins. That's what the World Bank is saying. 
And what do you think about that 5,700 naira per month figure? Because basically the World Bank is saying that there are so many Nigerians who are just 6,000 naira per month away from poverty. 6,000 naira per month away from poverty. And that this fuel price, this fuel price hike will take that 6,000 naira away from them. Now, let me remind you of um, something that um, the president's special advisor on policy coordination said. We talked about it earlier this week, Hadiza Usman. She granted a TV interview where she said this. Okay, so while they are talking, discussing and thinking of what to do to Mm. mitigate the impact, for how long do you think that Nigerians should suffer mm. while they are waiting. <laughs> I, I, I do, I, I well, do. I'm not sure about it's suffering. Like, I don't, I don't consider it, it, suffering. Is, it is suffering. I consider it the reality of what we are in Nigeria. You don't it's think like, that Nigerians are suffering Nigerians as a result of the policy? Nigerians would suffer, but that policy is the reality of what we are. We'll be living in a pipe dream, thinking that it makes sense for us to have fuel at a certain price, which is not um, the, the actual cost. Yeah. So we have been subsidizing other countries. We have seen that the so-called volume of um, yeah. um, consumption has tremendously dropped. Well, how is that the fault of the masses? No, the fault of them is not about any. It's not about fault. It's about yeah. understanding the reality. Your country produces this and buys this at so amount. So yeah. you need to know that is the reality. Your government cannot continue subsidizing, claiming to be subsidizing you when it's actually not subsidizing you. So the perception that you're being subsidized is actually even wrong. But they were subsidizing yeah, yeah, yeah. the masses. Yeah, no, so that because is why. Because we were buying fuel, so, so, so that is why. Five, so that is why the government. Yeah, absolutely, that's why the government is providing mitigants. So the issue of where, the subsidy, where are they? the mitigants would come. So it's when? more like, when would Economic Council sit and bring it up? Mm-hmm. But the fact that that um, differential in um, cost of petroleum products yeah. for Nigerians, is the, this is the reality of um, 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 petroleum product for us. So we need to accept it for what it is and look at the mitigants. How, at what point will the mitigants be available to Nigerians? That is what we should do. Focus on that, the timing, and see how effective it is. If it turns out that that the majority of Nigerians will not be able to cope Mm. because there are uh, 130 million Mm -hmm. uh, poor people, Mm -hmm. Mm multidimensional poor people Mm -hmm. already. Will not Many can't just afford it. Well, what, what, what will be no, your no, no. advice so the issue when is not you about go to cabinet? Many cannot afford it. There are many things many people cannot afford. So people cannot afford to have five cars. People cannot afford to have um, three cars. I'm not talking about no, those who No, I'm saying who, that people cannot cars. randomly get one million and buy a golf and just be going on the road. So I'm, I'm not talking no, about No, no, I'm talking, so I'm talking, so that would cascade down to the people you're talking about. A lady selling Akara, the price of Akara would yeah. go up. Yes, so what I mean is that that cost that the lady that is selling Akara cascade down to the people you're talking about, a lady selling Akara, the price of Akara would yeah. go up. Yes, so what I mean is that that cost that the lady that is selling Akara yes. has an attendance, so she would also sell her Akara at a higher rate. Mm. It sounds so, to me like your message would be that you just have to learn to cope. To no, 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 we, we, the, the mitigants will be provided. Mm-hmm. Learn to cope is the reality. Would learn to cope and mitigants will be provided through the National Economic Council. Now, in light of what the World Bank is warning about... I want to hear again, Lagos, what you think about Hadiza Usman's take. Also, what do you think about the decision to remove subsidy before lining up the mitigants or the compensation? Let's also talk about adjustment. Usman says the poor will adjust. 
For example, she says the Akara seller will simply increase her Akara price. But the World Bank says it's not that simple. They say that the adjustments will take far more sinister turns. For example, the World Bank is predicting that some families will stop sending their children to school and put them to work instead. So that's less education in the country. They also predict that some families will stop going to the hospital. That means worse health care. The World Bank says these are the actual trends they see when cost of living goes up in Nigeria. People sacrifice their health care and their children's education. What do you think about the warnings from the World Bank? And about Hadiza's um, take in light of these warnings from the World Bank. Zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three zero one four six five seven one nine zero. Hello, thanks for calling us. Hello. Good afternoon. What's your name, sir? Eze from Bagada. Welcome, Eze from Bagada. Talk to me. Sandra, this World Bank that is telling us how many people are forced into poverty. Mm. We are then not the one that recommended removal of self-fuel subsidy mm-hmm. and all what not. Yes, they are they not part of the problem in Africa? Why are they telling us how many people? Just help us tell them that they are not God who, that will not die in Nigeria, that will survive. They are telling the government to remove software subsidy, to remove light subsidy, so that people will be suffering. They, la- they love to see people suffer. And that is what bank for why, why are they telling us? I don't know their plan. I don't know planning together with the government. Okay, look at I think these people, that is why they don't like, they don't like where, where people are enjoying that was why they colluded to King Gaddafi, where people are enjoying their natural giving wealth. So tell them, let them not tell us anymore. We're tired of them. Let them go their way. All we right. cannot die. Is it? Thank you very much for calling. 99.3? Sandy, baby. Thanks for calling. What's your name, ma'am? This is Joy. Joy, welcome. Good to have mm-hmm. you on the show, Joy. Hey, well, well. Sandra, mm-hmm. Nigeria issue is like... Um, a student that was asked to copy in an exam. Okay. And you copied and copied the person's name that you're copying from. And when you're caught, you say, I should, you said I should copy now. Like, what bank asks you to take off subsidy, right? Mm-hmm. So you never knew that before taking off the, the taking off the first subsidy, you're supposed to put down some cushion effect for your citizens. Having in mind that your citizens are very poor, multidimensionally poor in different ways, you know? So you are waiting for World Bank to come and tell you, oh, you need to provide this and this and this, or give them this and this before this will actually work. Anyways, for me, I have never been an advocate for the removal of first subsidy. One, because first subsidy is not a cost. First subsidy is something citizens are supposed to enjoy. People, other countries have subsidies in different areas where their citizens also enjoy things. So our own issue here is that because there is corruption in first subsidy, so because of that, you're taking off. Isn't what the issue is? Mm. That some people are actually gaining from this subsidy and not doing something they're supposed to do. We are not feeling the effect of the uh, positive effect of, uh, of the subsidy. It's not the reason why they, say they should take it off. For me, taking off, the issue is for them to go and fight the corruption. Who are these people enjoying this subsidy without doing the right thing? That is what the government is supposed to be fighting, not taking it off. Taking everything of this, Sandra. Anyways, you know, say me. 
I don't like saying my own. Now you did this from another person's own. I don't cook here. I know for the subsidy issue, mm. they shouldn't take it off. They shouldn't they, take it off. Sure, you know they say they take it. They take off the one for fertilizer, Abby. Mm-hmm. Is that what they said? Yes. Okay. They will take that one off. We don't even survive the one for fuel. The food we don't want have. Oh, they're taking that one off for their own in their mind. What they have done to cushion the effect because they are giving student loan. I see student loan that has so many commerce is the only problem Nigerians are facing. There is health, there is food, there is, um, uh, uh, what's it called? In fact, I don't know. So many things, Sandra. Anyways, me, I recommend that they watch show. The one where enter, you enter my body to call your show, I will call, talk, do I have to talk. Okay. The hadiths are making well done. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank Andy. you. Thank you very much for calling. Uh, I'll take one more call and then I'll bring you our third story. Lagos, for our third story, the federal government will start charging car owners 1,000 naira per year for proof of ownership certificate. 99.3. Hello. 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 Thanks for calling. Yeah, good afternoon once again. Good afternoon is- once again. This is. Hello? Oh, call me back if you can, 99.3. Sorry about that, 99.3. Hello, good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon, sir. What's your name? Yeah, this is Amos. I'm calling from the coin. Amos, talk to me. I think, Sandra, the question that you asked uh, the spokesperson, the INEX spokesperson, is this far, mm. according to my own understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first subsidy and then the... First scarcity. The currency, okay, the, yeah, the, curre- the, the currency uh, palava. Mm. Now he makes the other result where they do not include in the one that they announced. Mm. Now he make them are the people where every poly unit that thing where I negotiate for that place mm. they, they carry and go every poly unit. Mm. And this uh, this uh, I'm talking about the the Tenobon mm-hmm. They are enjoying. I wish they will put these people in line. Of according to the level, let these people be on salary payroll. They will not speak this all what they are saying. Thank you. All right, Amos. Thank you very much for calling. Now, let me bring you our final story, uh, Lagos. Like I said, the federal government will start charging car owners one thousand naira per year for proof of ownership certificate. Interestingly enough, we first heard this from the Lagos state government. Abdullah Fee Storiola is the PEMSEC at the State Transportation Minister Ministry. And he said, quote, the annual proof of ownership certificate is in line with compliance with legal requirements, fundamental to transparency, security and accountability within transportation network. To this end, the federal government has introduced the issuance of annual proof of ownership certificate for all registered vehicles. This certificate will serve as official documentation of a vehicle's legal owners upon successful completion of the necessary requirements and procedures. The POC will contain vital information including the vehicle's registration details such as license number, plate, model, year of manufacture in addition to the owner's name and address. End quote. Now, um, here's an interesting part of all of this. Like Torula pointed out, Car owners already pay for registration and it's already annual as well, usually. 
So there is a question here about whether there is a need for a yearly proof of ownership certificate if we already have a yearly registration. Costorola talked about transparency and accountability. And I want to talk about how things currently work. Let's say you bought my car from me in 2019. At that point, I handed over all the paperwork to you. You registered the car in your name. So at that point, there was a record of ownership transfer, right? Right? Then let's say that this year, in 2023, you sold that same car you bought from me to Ada Blessing. Again, there was a record of the ownership transfer, right? But in 2020, 2021, and 2022, you didn't go and do proof of ownership, right? But if there was a case or a dispute, the police would have, uh, 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 the, the police wouldn't have, um, uh, what's the word? Um, the, the, the police would have still been able to prove that you own the car, right? They would have simply checked the last transfer of ownership, right? So the question is, if every ownership transfer can be traced, does the government need an actual proof of ownership certificate? And if they don't need that certificate, right, to be renewable, then are we simply doing revenue generation? Is this simply a move about revenue? If this is about revenue, if this is a revenue generation move, is it something you agree with? Or do you feel that the government should... Let the poor breathe. Don't suffocate them. Is this a necessary levy? Or is this one of those situations where government can handle this thing without a payment? I should let the poor breathe. By the way, MBS uh, um, says that there were 11.8 million vehicles in Nigeria in 2018. You even raised that number to maybe 15 million. That's a maximum revenue of 15 million, 15 billion, sorry, a year to government. Is it worth it? Zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three zero one four six five seven one nine zero. Hello, thanks for calling us. Hello. 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 Thanks for calling. Turn that radio off, please. Good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon. What's your name? How are you doing? I'm very well. What's your name, sir? My name is Godwin from calling from Ekwe. Welcome. Talk to me. Uh, this is uh, another level of collecting two fees. Not that they want to renew ownership, proof of ownership. So it's indirectly collecting two fees around over the country. That is just what the federal government is trying to introduce. Now that they want to renew or prove a partnership. Okay. Can you hear me? I can, yeah. Yeah, that's what, they, that's what he's trying to do. It's a way of collecting the toll-gate to, to fee around, around the country. Uh, okay, all right. Thanks for calling, 99.3. Hello, President Sandra. Thanks for calling, sir. What's your name? Ugochuku from Ekwaja. Welcome, Ugochuku from Ekwaja. Thank you. I think I can still comment about what the European Union says. Yes, please. Okay, uh, President Sandra, you see the problem. You have like one I called yesterday. See, when you set up a rule, even the football, do you know 
We've got messages on WhatsApp. Let me take some of them. Chris from Accra says, INEC completely destroyed public trust, uh, 1 million percent. And except the judiciary makes amends to that malady of February 25, I'm afraid the citizens may not be involved as much in subsequent elections. Uh, if you add World Bank's estimated 7.1 million citizens that will, that will move into poverty, add that to NBS's 130 million into multidimensional poverty as at 2021, we should be up to at least 133, 140 since then, it should hover between 140 to 150 million Nigerians in poverty. That is three quarter of Nigerians in the poverty basket. Sad. All right, Chris from Accra. We've got this one here. Sandra, you know, go key me with this uh, let the poor breathe. Matthew from Mazamaza, uh, he says that the EU is already telling us what we know. We saw what happened on election day. Aina came late to our polling unit. When they came, we voted. They did not come with presidential result form. I argued. They later used the House of Rep results sheet to record the result and um, that was uploaded. But till date, that our result was never in IREV. I still have soft copies of that result. Of course, I agree that all major parties should have their rep on INEC. Matthew from Mazamaza, thank you very much for your message. We've got uh, this one here. Um, from Ego, Ego says, I hope Adisa was one of the advisors to the just sacked central bank governor. If so, um, I cannot read the rest of what my guy wrote in that WhatsApp message. As my anger with Fessus Okoye and the institution he represents is that we know what happened, simple and period. For the observers who appreciate the recommendations, I wish it will yield good results because I don't understand someone saying yesterday and tomorrow saying no. The day of reckoning is not going to be a good one. All right. Thank you very much for your message. We've got this one here from Polly Demudia. Polly says, the EU election observers report on 2023 presidential election is a heavy indictment on INEC. I listened to Festus Okoye sweating profusely trying to defend INEC on the EU report and I felt very sorry for him. Shame on Okoye and, uh, and Mahmoud Yakubu for bungling that election. Paulie Demudia with that message there. Uh, I have someone here asking me if it's only Igbos that are listening to hard facts. Uh, uh, that's such a ridiculous question. You need to ask yourself why you're asking me that question. Bob, Bob Ken in Agbado says, INEX performance is unbelievable. They wasted the people's effort and money. A sad experience. Nigeria, wake up. We deserve better electoral system in Nigeria. We've got this one here. Uh, I'll take this final message now. Ben in Yaba says, uh, Nigeria's elections can really work if Nigeria government wants it to work. INEX attitude has massively destroyed the trust the masses had in them. The EU's recommendations are apt 
grouped. However, the recommendations should include speedy resolution of electoral issues before swearing in anyone declared winner, just as Kenya did. All right. That's all the time we have for your messages. Let me uh, bring you business news. After that, let's talk about gender on today's glass ceiling. I'm Sandra Ezekwasili. <laughs> Kali on Christmas.